sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Francis hey, everybody. Welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Bacardi. And this week's episode uh, is Network versus Broadcast News. Uh, Network from 1976, Broadcast News from 1987. Both about the uh, the news industry. Oh, uh, I, I might have watched the wrong movies. Mine were... My, I thought this was the pornography episode. Oh, you watched the uh, porno version of Network? Yes. And Broadcast News, which surprisingly, uh, both versions starred Albert Brooks. Oh, well, that's a bonus then, at least. Um, <clears throat> well, I'm sure I'm sure they have some of the same themes anyway, so we can we can discuss them. Um, I think so. I think it'll work. Oh, this this week in uh, Hannah Montana, uh, stupid idiot uh, put out her dum dum video for her song. Uh, I didn't watch it. That's been this week in Hannah Montana. I didn't watch it either, but I lots of people on Facebook talked about it. Yeah, exactly why I didn't watch it. Oh, so if nobody on Facebook talked about it, you would have watched it? No, I'm kidding. I, I, why am I going to waste four minutes of my life watching a Hannah Montana video? Honestly. Instead, you can waste an hour of your life doing this podcast. This is far more fulfilling, uh, personally That's... and, uh, I think to every other single person on the planet than a than a Hannah Montana video but eh, that's maybe that's just my taste. I think they I I checked the latest stats on our podcast on uh you know the show's geography. They listen to our podcast on the moon. Well, I figured they would. We've given a couple shout outs to the moon. Um and surprisingly even after I put it down because I I did say how much cheese can you eat, but I I guess people do enjoy it up there. Because the answer to that question is always more. Apparently, if you, I mean, if you're heavily into cheese, I guess the moon is a place to go. Now, personally, I get, you know, I get tired of something uh, after having it every night, but I'm sure they're doing good work up there. So thanks for listening, uh, moon dwellers. Thanks, moonies. Oh, that's different people. They're probably listening to you, I would imagine. I hope so. I do advertise. I put some advertise for the podcast in the Washington Times. Oh, that's good. Um, you got anything, uh, you, before we go into the movies? I was thinking, I, I don't know if we talked about this. What, what do you think of, of talking to past, past people who've passed away, channeling and that sort of thing? You, you believe in that? Of, of course I don't, but I still think it might be a fun segment. Oh, it's, uh, I, I used to study it when I lived in California and in, in Ohio. And I've been I've been practi- practicing a lot lately, and I was just hoping we could do it on the show if you didn't mind. Hey, it's it's your world. I they mean, gave me a pill. That, that there's a local one here in New Hope where we practice as a group. We got together, and they gave me a pill, pill that helps me reach that that barrier, break through the barrier, and talk to the the other world. What? Wait, New Hope? That uh, that, that Zoe Deschanel sitcom? No, that's uh, New Dope. Oh. What Which is, this pill might be? Well, what is New Hope? Oh, it's just, just a small little little town in uh, Bucks County that, you know, kind of hippie folk hang out and we discuss our spiritual awakenings. Oh, okay. Bucks County. Uh, so I guess that's like the uh, the Berkeley of, of Pennsylvania. With less uh, universities. Oh, less uh, intelligent people with degrees then. That makes sense. Um, if I all if all you think of is a piece of paper telling you your intelligence, sure. Uh, I, I'm here to tell you, Pat. That's that's pr- basically what everybody thinks of oh. when they think of intelligence. I just think if you have lots of money, you're intelligent. Yeah, but if you've got that piece of paper, you're guaranteed lots of money. Oh, that's that's the point. way America works. God damn, where you been? Maybe it's different on the East Coast. Um, or maybe it's different when I channel. Oh yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna channel somebody from the dead. Um, so I'm guessing. I like the non non living. The oh sorry, am I man? My terms are so out of date. I know it's not your fault. You're dumb. So you don't have any paper. 
yeah. It, well, it is my fault. That's another thing about America. If if you don't have that piece of paper or and you're not rich, it is your fault. Yes, not being rich is your fault in this country for sure. Yeah. yeah. And if you're if you don't have that piece of paper and you're not if you don't have lots of little pieces of paper, you should not have health care. I just want to declare that now. Well, uh, obviously, I think that's that's in our constitution. Um, that's why I have no problem with with the health care in this country. I have no problem with the uh, lack of upward mobility. Well, I have a big problem with the health care in this country. I, I, they, they passed this Obamacare, and I am hoping that they abolish it because it, it sounds like it's going to help people who don't have little pieces of paper. And I can't I can't stand by that. Well, you know, he is a socialist. What what did you expect, really? Um, you know, you know, people in this country, us included, of course, hate socialism. Uh, that's why that's why I hate uh, public libraries and uh, fire departments and streets. Yeah, I would highway be much system. happier just on the dirt road, uh, riding my bicycle, or if bicycles aren't possible, just walking. Oh, as long I'm, as my tax dollars didn't go into paying for my legs. I'm fine driving as long as as long as they're toll freeways. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, and if then if I am one of those smart rich people with a piece of paper, I can buy my own chunk of freeway and just ride around on it for free. I can close it down. Just do uh just do wheelies. Pop wheelies in my uh, Mazda three. I don't know how to pop a wheelie, but I, I applaud you and your efforts. Thank you. I think I think we're on the same page. Yes. Anyway, I think we got off topic. So you're going to channel somebody. Um, I'm assuming probably one of your dead heroes, uh, like I don't know Attila the Hun or Lenin, maybe Hitler. I don't know till I get there. Oh, okay. That's the beauty. I've done this before, and people say the most wonderful people come out. So I guess we'll see it there. I take the pill. I have no idea what's in the pill. Oh, is the pill that fast acting? Oh yeah, I take it and the and it. When I'm there, I talk to the person, I send them over, and it feels like I talk to them for 15 minutes, but it's instantaneous on this side. So I think time might have no meaning over there. Oh, over uh, across the veil. Yeah, well, I would hope not if it's if it's eternal. I would hope time would have no meaning because Jesus. That's true. It'd that sounds long. horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not enough miniseries to cover that time. No, not. Jeez. I mean, I would think even if you're like having a constant orgasm after about a hundred years of that that would get old you know eternity i can't imagine uh well okay L- why don't you take your pill okay and uh we'll see who pops up okay <coughs> hello hello who who am i, I was speaking to this is lawrence tansman uh and who am i speaking to this is, of course, John Elliott, host of Pop Culture Continuum. Ah, I'm on the radio. I know all about the radio. Yeah, yeah. This is a it's, different kind of studio. It's the radio, yes. That's that's right. That's what you're on. Your name is what now? Lawrence? Lawrence Tansman. Tansman? Lawrence Tansman? Yes, yes. All right. Well, what, what's your story, Lawrence Tansman? I'm not familiar with your name. Oh, I, I was never a famous person. I was always behind the scenes. I worked at... I, you want to know my whole story? Is this, is this, is well, this uh, about me? Let, let's, keep it, let's keep it to your career. Oh, okay. And a brief description of it, if, if that's all oh, right. Oh, I worked in the news. I, at the age of 15, I got a job as a gopher at KFI in Los Angeles. And from there, I just stayed in the news my whole career. Well, that's... that's uh good luck to have you on this episode because we're we are actually are discussing two uh motion pictures were you around during the time of motion pictures i of guess course. you were if you were around during news uh, yes i love the movie i used to take my my lovely wife estelle to the films saturday nights we went there oh yeah i uh, i think i i think i know estelle estelle tansman i recognize I that name what she was just a uh, just a just a housewife, but if you know her, that's great. Maybe she's a relative of yours. Yeah, that that must be how I know her. Wink, wink. Uh, so we're discussing two movies about the news industry: Network from 1976 and Broadcast News from 1987. Ah, Network. Network was a film I've seen. Unfortunately, I died in 1982, so I will not be able to discuss that other other film. 
I don't know anything about it. But a network I, I did see, and I was a member of the News Corps during the 70s. So I, I will have many insights, I'm sure, that you will want to listen to. I'm sure I, w- uh, I will want to listen to them. Your voice is so lilting. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, anytime. Uh, so network, uh, I'm not. I won't go into the whole plot because it's it's uh, too much. Um, but, and it's somewhat ridiculous. Would you agree? I I would. I, I'll say it starts off with uh, a, a corporation is is buying this network, and they're making cuts to the uh, news department, and uh, so the the anchor because his ratings have been dropping, they're letting him go. Uh, he goes on the air and says it's uh, he's going to kill himself on air next week, and that's how it starts, and that's probably the sanest part of the whole script. Yes, I. That's, it, it, in fact, that's one of the parts of the script that wouldn't have happened, but still, it was the sanest part of the whole script. Yeah, after that, it kind of went off the rails on the uh, banana train and uh, took a dive into Cuckoo Puff Valley. But uh, even so, well, what what are your thoughts from a, a newsman of the time? I I had some problems with its depiction of of, of an industry I, I was in for fifty years, and I worked in the industry in the seventies. I was bouncing around from from different sections at NBC, and I was a little bit angry at how they depicted us. But at the same time, I understood the satire that he was t- attempting to do, and it. It did bring a smile to my face. Yeah, I'm not sure that... Uh, I, I don't know how this movie was marketed in 76, but I don't know that I would call it a uh, comedy as much as i call it um, uh, an uh, absurdist drama. I could tell you at the time that ads for it made it as Oscar film. You will see this if you like award movies. And my wife didn't care for it. It was a little too... Uh, I don't know how you say it nowadays. A little too dirty. There was sex in there, and she didn't like that thing in in the films. I didn't mind it, but that's one thing. But it was it was sold as a, an Oscar award winning movie. Well, I'm a little surprised. That doesn't sound like the Estelle I know, but but nevertheless, uh, I yeah I can see that it was it was definitely an award season movie, um, and that's how it was marketed. Uh, the only thing I knew of it before seeing it <clears throat> that I remembered was the. Uh, uh, Peter Finch, who plays what the what the hell is his name? Howard something. Howard Beale. Howard, Howard Beale. Beale is his name. Yeah, he he uh, goes on the air and and says, "I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. I want you to all go scream that out your windows." And and of course, the people of the city all go scream, "I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore out their windows." So I thought it was going to be kind of a you know a, kind of a corny uh, stand up to the man type thing, which uh, well, it was a stand up to the man. Uh, message in the film but, but it was it, not corny at all it was not corny it was uh it is fucking bizarre it's bizarre that it was a major studio film and it's just it, it's weird because the uh it was a patty chayefsky who wrote it yes a, a great television man i met him oh marty he did marty i think didn't he yes he did he yeah. did it on television and then that's how he broke into film with oh. marty with Ernest Borgnine. Who I didn't care for. No, no, no. I, nobody really cared for Ernest Borgnine. Wait, he's still alive, right? I think he hawks. I have no idea. Stuff on one of those uh, on one of those QVC channels. No, that's I'm his not wife. Sure how you'd expect him to know? No, he's not, well. You, you're over on the other side. I figured. I don't keep a watch on everybody. No. Especially people like Ernest Borgnine. All right, fair enough. I will tell you this: Ava is not with us yet. No, no, I know. I uh, have his room set up. Well, that's nice of you. Uh, yeah, I think we're all we're all waiting for Abe to go to that room. Uh, he was old on Barney Miller, and that was uh, around the same time as Network. So, fine television show. Fine television show, Barney Miller. Um, so, okay, Estelle didn't care for the sex. Not really a lot of sex in this movie, I have to say. Um, no, no nudity or graphic sex. Um, but okay. Uh, but. Obviously, Patty Chayefsky uh, is a very good writer, um, even though a lot of this, it's very, very wordy. Um, 
And that's something he got right. People work in news, they talk and talk and talk. Another thing he got right is people who work in the news, they will talk to each other and they will holler each other. There is no in-between. So there's lots of screaming at each other like in this film and lots of talking to each other like in this film. But there's no just nothing in-between. Okay, so... Uh, Ed Asner's Lou Grant on Mary Tyler Moore show is a good, uh, a realistic uh, representation of of a newsman. Exactly. That's that why is. they 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 won so many awards because he was so realistic. Oh yeah, I, I guess that is why they hand out Emmys. Uh, well, anyway, he he's very wordy, and and there's some weird weirdness to this. Uh, not related to ju- just a general weirdness, but there there was the weird uh, voiceover narration, just f- from a narrator, not from anybody any character. A very in the movie. stentorian voice from God narrator as well. Yes, yes, it, 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 it was. It, it, it was. It made the film more absurd because his voice was such a a, a movie a, a, a voice you wouldn't expect from a, a film that's so absurd. Just kind of a straight laced voice. Yes, yes, and and so there was. That that seems like a a throwback to me. Even in the seventies, they weren't they weren't. I need a drink. It. Excuse me for a minute. I, I will indeed. Um, I guess I'll just talk to myself while. Ah, uh, oh, here's the stuff. Larry oh. goes. Wait, Larry? Stuff? Can I call you Larry? I would prefer Lawrence. If I can call you Jack, you can call me Larry. No problem. Uh, no problem, Larry. Um, here's the stuff. This stuff is a different kind of color, but I'll try it. The. Okay. Ah! God, I guess I get you where you're going. Well, uh, ah. I've almost completely lost my place. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. This, it's obviously. Now, it's I not haven't your been fault. in the physical realm in a long time, so just need to have a little sniffer. You well, know what I mean? Take, I do. Uh, take it a little easy, because there are other things that can happen to you in the physical realm when you drink that fast. Um, but yeah, so so kind of weird with the the narration. Um. Uh, although it wasn't, it wasn't omnipresent. It wasn't before every scene, but it wasn't. It was at the beginning and at the end, and, and then just kind of inserted randomly a couple times. Um, Can I make a comment about the film? Please be my guest. That's what you're here for, I guess. The lovely girl Faye Dunaway went into William Holden's office and said, "A gypsy told me I was going to meet up with a middle-aged man." Craggly-faced, and, I believe it was. Yeah. Craggly-faced middle-aged man. And I was uh, when I saw the movie, I was I was uh, I think I was 60 years old when I saw the movie and he appeared to be older than I was. And I would like to know if that's middle age. Does that mean he got to live to be 120 years old? Well, that that's uh, I think William Holden did live to uh, 123, I believe. Uh, Ah. That's more the way things are these days. You, You just missed it. I'm not quite sure when you died but i'm just going to assume you just missed the revolution in uh in aging uh medication um i gotta tell you i'm not disappointed no i i i don't blame you who uh, who who needs it although i would like to hang around and see all the new uh technology that comes out i think that'd be pretty cool Uh, you're you're not kidding this radio studio is interesting it looks like somebody's room in the, the tv screens it's Whatever the hell, Facebook introduction, X hamster. I guess this guy's a, a pet store fan. Yeah, well, it's a it's a different world than you left behind. Uh, oh, right, you you died in '83, I think you said. So yeah, you, uh, uh, I'll explain it all to you afterwards. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, uh, but but yeah. So this is very wordy and a lot of speech as well. A lot of uh, more like diatribes. I mean, it, there's a lot of. Uh, ideology as dialogue in this movie and it's speaking of that a, a speech in the film that really it it was a, a as absurd as the film was this is more absurd as the rest of the film when Howard Beale gets called into the CEO's office uh, played by I believe uh, Ned Beatty Ned Beatty and Ned Beatty goes into a diatribe which I did not expect and it was somewhat hilarious do you remember the scene i'm speaking of? uh the scene was somewhat hilarious and at the same time almost entirely depressing uh, yes yes because as much as uh as much as these these speeches in this movie are not subtle at all uh that doesn't mean that patty chayeski didn't 
nail the shit out of what he was trying to do. Uh, he he nailed our culture and where it's gone and uh, and cut, yes, Ned Beatty's speech about how there are no countries anymore. There are just corporations. And that is exactly what was going on at the time. The news was being taken over. RCA owned NBC where I worked. And then RCA was a son of a bitch asshole company that didn't give us the money we needed, but only wanted us to report on stories that helped them. And I, I died in 83, as I said. I am only imagining it got worse. I hope it got better. Uh, yeah, it, it got much worse. Uh, much, much worse. Yeah, there, that was kind of the, uh, well, there were a lot of a lot of different points he was trying to make in this film. I guess you can't say there was one uh, overriding point uh, to the whole thing, but uh, yeah, the whole thing about the world is a business, um, and uh, and that corporations one that the media was going to be controlled uh, as time went on more and more by a single handful or even a single corporation. Uh, would control all the media has has sadly come to pass for the most part. I'm glad I missed that. Yeah, but uh, on the other hand, you also missed uh, frozen yogurt. Big thing, pretty what? good too. Yeah. It's come. It's coming back. Oh, I'll stick with ice cream. All right. Uh, nothing wrong with ice cream. Uh, uh, there's something about network that uh, kind of chapped my hide, but because it, it reminded me of real life, with these these network pussies were like this. Do you remember the Robert Duvall character in the film? Of course, he's the hatchet On his man. Motherfucking desk. He had a sign that said, "Thank you for not smoking." And you know, in that time, the people who had that kind of sign were always the worst people to work for. Well, he was everybody else. You could smoke anywhere, but thank you for not smoking where the people who had the sticks up their asses and you didn't want to have any time with them at all. Well, that that's basically what his character was in this movie. Wasn't he? He was stick up the ass hatchet man for the corporation. Uh, although he, we should say Howard Beale, uh, also gave another, uh, speech at the beginning about, uh, another diatribe. I guess we should just say everybody gives, diatribes not speeches in this movie uh about how everything is bullshit and uh and so he got huge ratings so robert duvall wanted to keep him on the air or his boss did because uh it was getting them huge shares uh so despite the fact that it wasn't made really explicitly clear maybe a little ambiguous that howard beale was losing his damn mind um, I, I thought that was pretty clear, yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he, There's a scene in the film where he's lying in a bed and he hears a disembodied voice. We don't hear the voice, but he we see him hearing the voice telling him what to do. And that scene, I thought, made it clear that he was an insane person that shouldn't be on network television. Right. He was he was just he was he was an insane person being exploited uh, by these these people at the network and later after the talk with Ned Beatty he did a complete 180 uh his whole his whole show was railing against uh the government and how they're ruining America's being ruined by corporations and special interest groups and then after Ned Beatty's speech he turned it all around and started uh talking about how the world was a corporation just just like the speech but in a in a much more depressing way than Ned Beatty did it, which was quite a quite entertaining speech and maybe my favorite scene in the film, the the Ned Beatty speech. Uh, and and so people started tuning out because they didn't want to hear how shitty their lives were and how they didn't they didn't have value as human beings. Um, and uh, and in the end, uh, when his ratings were going just in the toilet, uh, they had a meeting and the the head guy Ned Beatty, of course. Uh, wanted to keep him on the air. So these executives, uh, Robert Duvall and, and Faye Dunaway and these people, uh, decide to kill him. And they do. They kill him on the air. I thought that was a little cheap, the killing him. And it seemed like they had the killing at the end of the movie just so they could have the joke, the only time someone was killed for low ratings. I thought that was a little bit cheap. For this, the rest of the movie, the, the satire was absurd and ridiculous, and that's fine. But I thought that ending was just a little, a little cheap. 
I could I could see how you'd feel that way. It didn't it didn't bother me. I thought I thought it it fit the tone of absurdism of the rest of the movie. Um, they uh, this Faye Dunaway character she had a storyline with William Holden too that was a kind of soap opera ish. Uh, he leaves his wife for her, uh, but it turns out she has the inability to love. But but still, despite that kind of uh, cliche, it was also very well written so that it didn't it didn't come off as soap opera-ish as it could have although the acting was a little over the top uh very over the top yeah uh, from Faye dunaway especially Faye dunaway and uh, william holden's yes. wife yeah were both a little bit they were emoting yes yeah and i think that's just Faye dunaway's trademark but uh i thought her trademark was va va voom well that as as well as that um she was quite hot in Mommy Dearest, yeah. Um, Did not see that film. So they had their storyline. There was also a storyline about getting uh, basically terrorist groups put, uh, given their own series, their own TV series. Um, it was kind of a, uh, well, that, that was another satirical scene where they get this, this uh, black woman who's a communist and she's in with the this SLA type group um, of of terrorists, and and they get their own sitcom, and then uh, the the network goes over to negotiate with them, and of course she's left all her communism behind because she just she's talking about percentage points and back end and stuff. Uh, and that but, was a very funny scene. Uh, well, that the was lawyers he... and the communist and the, the 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 rich daughter all in one scene. Very funny stuff. Yeah, yeah, good satire, and uh, and it ended with the uh, the Black Power, Black Panther type leader just shooting a gun and saying, uh, "Give her what she wants." So there you go. There was that a lot, a lot of stuff going on in this movie. A lot of politics, uh, be behind the scenes at what goes on at at a network, and um, as well as a lot of global. Or, or U.S. politics uh, just inserted into the story, kind and, of. Uh, I would like to have make a comment about the revamped news, the Howard Beale show. I don't think on network television there could ever be news with an audience. That is just it's it's that was beyond ridiculous, and I, it took me out of the story a little bit. Well, I don't think it was supposed to be a news show so much as just a talk show with him coming out and ranting and because they said they had other segments too. They had the, uh, the fortune teller on the show was, was part of that. And the computer that did the, the results he was a part of that too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And some other, some other stuff. So I think, I thought it was more kind of like a, uh, I don't know, a, I guess a, a late night talk show. It just felt silly to me to have a a news anchor with that kind of show. It just felt a little ridiculous to me. Well, you know, at that point, he wasn't really a news anchor so much as he was just a a insane schizophrenic. But I I take your point. Um, So overall, did you enjoy the movie? I I thought it was very prescient, uh, extremely well written, maybe... Maybe some missteps, but when you go that far into uh, into tinfoil hat territory, you're you're bound to look like a fool uh, a few times and fall on your face. But uh, but a lot of the tinfoil hat stuff turned out to be not quite so crazy. Uh, I thought it was, it was an excellent takedown of what the United States networks had become, where they came from, and what they become. Starting off, they weren't that bad, and by the time I was working in the 70s, things had gone to the shitter. And I thought that was a, an excellent depiction of that. Yeah, I agree, and uh, and that decline has has only continued. So uh, I I would recommend Network. Uh, it's it's fucking out there, man. But uh, worth watching. Not everything not everything is dead on. But when he hits something, he uh, he hits it with surgical precision. So I'd I, agree. I I. I I have uh, a lot of respect for this movie, um, uh, and like I said, it's very—it's not dumbed down. It's kind of they—it's a movie where they will just throw around a word like Jeremiah and as nothing, and uh, 
and expect you to know what they what they mean. Uh, that's not the only example, but uh, a, a smart movie. Very intelligently written. I agree with that. So at some points overwritten, but very intelligent. Yes, intelligent and uh, and well acted for the most part. Uh, even even Faye Dunaway's uh, hamminess kind of fits. It's a it's her character's very over the top. I don't think anyone in real life would be like that. So it, I think the actress had to be a little bit hammy because it was not a realistic character. Right. Right. Uh, but we should say there are some realistic. I thought I thought William Holden was. Uh, he was, was very much like people I knew. Yeah. Yeah. He was just on the right side of uh, of realism here. I agree. So, uh, Larry, you you give this a thumbs up on it. Were Siskel and Ebert around back in your day? Yeah, they were. Uh, I I might have heard of them. I don't know. It sounds slightly familiar. I'm not sure. I, uh, they were the two old men in the balcony on the Muppet Show. I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Um. Well, so would you give it a thumbs up or thumbs down? You don't really need to know Siskel and Ebert to understand that, I guess. I, I well, thumbs up, thumbs down. That's a universal thing. Uh, uh, thumbs up. I would say it was an enjoyable film. Yeah. Network. Uh. What's the next film we're talking about? Uh, it'll it'll be broadcast news. Oh, describe that. Wait, so you you're gonna stay and talk about a movie you you haven't seen? Hey. Oh, Pat. I guess the pill wore off. Whoa. So so uh, <laughs> that was kind of trippy. Or uh, did did anybody come out? Uh, yeah. Uh, somebody named uh, Barry. Barry. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so oh I'm sorry, uh, uh, Borat. Borat? But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Borat. Wow, I'm channeling uh, fictional characters then. So, now we can talk about Network, huh? Uh, yeah, we're done with Network. Um, uh, we, Why is the mouth wash out? We, uh... I'll, I'll assume you and you and Larry had the same take on Network. Um I, I have no idea, but I thought the tone of, of Network was a little off for what they were trying to do. But it was good. A little too... A little too... Uh, a little too serious for how silly it was. I did not expect... Before I saw the film, I didn't expect it to be so silly. And it was very silly. It was absurd, but I thought it was... The tone, the, the, the Stentorian voice throughout and all that made it seem really serious. But silly stuff was going on. And I just thought the tone was a little bit off. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I could see that. It, it was just... but I, And it's I, funny because, sorry to interrupt, but uh, Broadcast News, which I guess we're talking about now, is has the opposite... I have the opposite complaint about that. Okay, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think the tone was supposed to be off. I think it was supposed mm-hmm. to be... Uh, it was supposed to be f- fucking weird, and it was. Yeah, yeah. I guess I just didn't... It was hyper-reality. You know, uh, hearing or, so much about it, I did not expect to be so weird. I thought it would just be a straight because Pajczewski is kind of a, you know, '50s television legend, but he was not known for weird stuff. Like Marty wasn't weird, and right, I don't right. know what else he's done, but he was he was not known for weird stuff. So I was just surprised by that. He did a movie called The Hospital with George C. Scott, which was somewhat similar, as kind of a precursor to Network, um, with the weirdness about a, a a serial killer in in this hospital, but then there was also a lot of weird revolutionary politics stuff going on. Um, but I didn't see that until after I had seen Network anyway. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, recommend it though. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, I, I think people should see it. It's it's one of those movies you should see. It's. Uh, I, I don't like it as much as everyone else, but it is good. Yeah, like, and, and you I, know, people talk about it as a super duper classic. I would not put it in my top ten, but it was it was a good movie. Well, top ten, no, but but top one hundred probably. Um, yeah, I'm I, not going to think about that hard. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So broadcast news. I well, you said you you had the opposite problem with this one. So yeah, it was kind. It was kind of. That. It was a more serious movie, but the that the, the music in it was very kind of romantic comedy s- slate, and I I didn't think that fit how serious the movie was. But it was also funny, and it was in that fit. It was a good kind of funny. It was very. It was the kind of movie that. Uh, well, like Network, but in a completely different way that they don't make anymore. Um, you could see it as a romantic comedy, I guess, but it's, it it's so it's so far above 
what you think of as romantic comedies that yeah yeah uh the i thought it was very consistent like everything about it was solid that's my feeling on it it's yeah, not I don't, it's not going to change your life no but it it's a good story wonderful characters and and outstanding performances excellent performances i don't i'm one of those people who doesn't generally like william hurt but he did an excellent job in this i thought oh he's he's absolutely perfect hit all the right Nothing notes wrong. yes yeah. uh holly hunter perfect i and she's always perfect she's always perfect uh albert brooks i i don't know if this role was written for him but i can't imagine anybody else doing it yeah I, if it wasn't it should have been yeah uh, so broadcast news is about some of the same topics uh, that that network was about, uh, namely the the corporatization corporatization of of the news and um, and in addition in the person like the cult of personality with the anchors leading yes definitely. more than the actual uh, intelligence right uh, William Hurt is is a pretty boy basically and he's good on air. Um, which is which is why he's made anchor. He doesn't really know much about politics or the news or care to know much. Uh, it would seem. Uh, but it he, seems like he wants to know more much, but he doesn't have he doesn't have what it takes to learn. No, he doesn't. He it, there's a scene at the beginning where it shows them all as children, and uh, and he gets his report card and it's got uh, some C's and a bunch of D's and incomplete, and he's he says, "I'll just have to try harder." I will, I will, I will. He's like kind of beating himself up uh, with the I wills, like trying to force himself into it. And he just can't do it, obviously. He's not He's not that kind of person. Um, he's not equipped. Which, which is one thing I liked about this movie, especially uh, talking about the characters, is that he's not a villain. No, he's, he's not very a... likable. His character is ex- exceedingly likable. Yeah, no, completely, even though he is ostensibly the villain of the piece um because uh holly hunter is a is a news producer and albert brooks is a uh, reporter a tv reporter and they both have old school journalistic ethics uh which he doesn't really subscribe to although he admires them for their ethics i don't think he understands the ethics. no he i don't know if he would break a rule i think that's made clear uh later in the movie in in the airport scene where right. where she basically, they had a kind of a a romance going, Holly Hunter and and uh, William Hurt. William Hurt, thanks. Uh, and she found out he did something that she considered unethical, and uh, he didn't really see the problem with it. He even said, "She said you cross a line." He's like, "But it's so easy when they keep moving it." Like he doesn't know what what her hang-up is really because. To, to him, that's just the way the news is done these days. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, with that scene, where I could understand why she was upset, but I couldn't understand why she was so upset specifically at him. Like, I could understand why she didn't want to go with him. That's fine. And I could, I could, you know... I think she was... That's under- such a good scene, because you can... Even if you don't understand it, it makes sense. But the thing is, he didn't understand it, and nobody told him. The producer was there and let him do the unethical thing without telling him. So it's right. just like... I think her she was upset because she had fallen for him, and yeah. she was more upset at herself uh, for betraying her morals, which or, or her ethics, or you know, mm-hmm. yeah, the way she saw it, uh, which Albert Brooks warned her about. Albert Brooks also uh, was in love with her. They'd been colleagues now, Albert Brooks's for a long time. character, he, as funny as he was, was kind of a jackass. No, he was a bit of a dick. Uh, even even when. Uh, when they shut down the news department at the end, uh, or, or did a bunch of layoffs and, uh, and he quit. And, uh, so he meets her for a drink or whatever to, to talk cause he's leaving. Um, and this is after he's professed his love to her in a very good scene. I thought, mm-hmm. um, where, where she was going on a date with William Hurt and he told her he loved her and she is like, well, as you would expect, you know, she, she liked William Hurt. That's right. that's the way it goes sometimes, and he threw a bit of a uh, tizzy fit, and then and then immediately apologized, which I thought was cool. It, that was another thing that was very realistic. Like people don't just explode, and that's the end of it. Right. The, they, you, they immediately regret it and want to take it back, and they can't, so they do their best they can. Right. Right. It's it's not. It was very un high school like. <laughs> uh, it was very 
very realistic and and kind of the way adults behave. And he was a jerk. Um, I mean, William Hurt attempted to help him, and he still treated him like shit for no good reason. But the, that's well, he, great about the movie. he had his reasons. It's right. Not the... No, no, I'm not saying he didn't have his reasons. I just didn't think they were very good right. for him to act like that. But at the same time, the movie, he, the character knows this and says, you know, if if his help would have worked, I wouldn't be like this. I wouldn't be thanking him. So. Right. I wouldn't be bitter right now. Um, right. He's, he's fully aware. And and it's just it it's good. It's great because the things you expect to happen from seeing romantic comedies don't happen in this movie. That's one thing I really like about it. Like, so, so uh, Albert Brooks is getting his big shot at being the anchor because William Hurt is off on, on some other thing. And uh, so William Hurt guides him in, in how to be an anchor, um, gives him some good advice, and, uh, he, and Albert Brooks goes on and blows it because he's sweating buckets um, and does a terrible job as the anchor. And I, I really like that, too, because Albert Brooks is far, far more intelligent than William Hurt uh, in this movie, his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's obvious. He's a very smart guy. He knows how to be a reporter, but he can't be an anchor. He he doesn't have what it takes to be an anchor. Right, right. Just like William Hurt doesn't have what it takes to be a a serious journalist. And, and to write his own copy. Right, yeah. He, he says early on, I don't, I don't write, um, which appalls Holly Hunter to you. Yeah. And there's an interesting scene in this that brought me back to network. Uh, uh, Holly Hunter is upset with herself for falling in love with, with, with William, William Hurt's character. And she's like, you're the personification of everything I hate about the current news industry. And William Holden says almost the exact same thing to Faye Dunaway in, uh, in network. Oh yes, she, he does. Yes. You're the personification of everything I hate about what's, I don't know your generation. I think he says. I don't think he's specific about the news, but he says your generation. So it was. I'm. I'm sure. Not. I don't know if it's on purpose, but I imagine that it was on purpose because they're such similar films. Yeah. Well, I think both writers obviously knew something about uh, network news uh, when they were doing this. There's a lot of inside shit that that seems very well researched. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, uh, it was always thus. You know, that's like been been a problem. Uh, they've had the, these problems in network news going back to before we were born. Um, yeah, no, yeah, that was good. That, that, sorry, that was one thing I'd meant to mention. And when we were talking about network, the scene with William Holden talking to Faye Dunaway, that was the one scene where even in a very wordy script, I found it a little too much exposition. Like he kind of laid out his thesis very much in that speech, about uh, your generation, you know, you've been ruined by television and you're cold and emotionless because of, you are television, you know what I mean? Right, Um, yeah. uh, Yeah, that was... A little much. But but overall, uh, a good movie. Anyway, broadcast news. um, Yeah, outstanding performances by everybody. Just want to stress that again, the performances are really, really good. Um, I can't I I can't think of a movie Holly Hunter isn't perfect in and, and she was great in this and, and I think I read that it was uh, originally going to be Deborah Winger. Oh, that would not have worked. I forget someone from Terms of Endearment, uh, whoever the main star was, but whoever it was, she was. There's no way there was, she would have been as good as Holly Hunter. Yeah, no, that that would not have worked. Um, I have to say I loved. Uh, there was like no explanation for it, nor did there need to be. But every once in a while, they just show a scene of Holly Hunter sitting somewhere. And just crying. start bawling, uh, <laughs> and I, it cracked me up. It was so great. It just, yeah, it was really, it really was great that she's she's so perfect, so great at everything. But there's just something broken inside her that she needs to do that. Yep, and and she unplugs the, specifically unplugs the phone because it's not good enough not to answer because she knows herself she's going to answer the phone and this gives her like ten minutes to cry. Yeah, and that says more than you know a, a ton of writing dialogue or or backstory about her character. Just just show yeah. her crying like that. I'm glad you brought that up because that really was a, a great piece of her character. Yeah. The, the, so, the, and it was funny. Uh, Albert Brooks was very funny and yeah. And yeah, yeah kind of a jerk. Well, and you can say he was a dick, but um, it wasn't I mean, that he was necessarily wrong either. No, he, he was not, but he was a dick when he was dealing with her, when he says he loved her and she, she denied him. He was a dick, and he was a dick in the restaurant scene at the end. Yeah, but, no, but was, those that dickishness just came out of being hurt, I think. Right. Yeah, uh, which but, is understandable. But he was also a dick to William Hurt. 
No, he he and, was, and that was obviously jealousy and right. And um, even in the even in the end, when they you would think he'd grown past it, he's teaching his son to call him. I forget what he, his son called him, but some you know the big joke. The big joke, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know William Hurt takes it in stride too because he oh, knows, yeah. he knows so what great. he is. Yeah, um, that's why his character's so likable. Yeah, I I just thought it was very nuanced and uh, everybody was was a fully fleshed out character. There, I really, I know I said it already, but I really like the idea that nobody was the villain, or yeah. the, they're all just people trying to cope. Even the the producer doing the firings, I mean, he was just doing his job, and he felt bad about it, and he had to take some abuse while he was doing it as well. Yeah, that was great. The line from the uh, from the other producer, uh, I think it was when he was walking out of his office. Yeah, oh, thanks. I hope you die. Yeah. I hope you die soon. <laughs> but I mean, it showed where he he's ta- Jack Nicholson was in it playing the the anchor, and he was the, he was fine. The national in it. anchor, a, yeah. Yes, in a small part, he he was. It's a surprisingly small part. He, there was. He was not Jack Nicholson. He just had a little part. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it reminded you that Jack Nicholson was an actor. Yeah, uh, and he wasn't just Jack Nicholson. Yeah, before he was just a larger-than-life figure, uh, a job of the hut sitting at Lakers game. Um, but he, uh, there's the, the scene with the producer where he's talking about like, he has to fire all these people, and Jack Nicholson, he's really ashamed, it really hurts, and he's like, you know, you could give back uh, one or two million, and we want to fire as many people. Right, which, and then he immediately says, I'm sorry, which... Like for a second, you're like, "Yeah, motherfucker," but then you're like, "No, but that's not fair. That's not a fair thing to say to somebody either," you know? Yeah, well, but, but honestly, that's what I thought of when all those people were getting fired. No, I, like, I, I people did too. Making a lot of money, so it's it's a great thing to say. It is, but and it, and that's what everybody thinks. But then when you think about it for a second more, uh, because that's yeah. a, that's like a, a real gut reaction. Like, yeah, well, why don't you give up some of your money? But then you're like, but it's not it's not on him. Right. That these right. people are getting, and why should he have to do that to save somebody's job for what another year, maybe? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I mean, it's not like it's people he actually even works with. It's people in another city. Right. And that was another thing I, that I like. They didn't make him a total dick either. Like he did come down to the station because he knew people were getting fired. Yeah. And yeah, just to be like to give him support. Just to give I, him support. And and he was the the national anchor. Uh, and, and this was in D.C. Right. Right. And he didn't have to do that. Um. So yeah, I I just liked all around that it wasn't they never went for the easy it was a, the easy way uh, out at all. It, I mean the entire movie William Hurt is lucky into he's he's falling upwards. And that scene in the end where he gets sent to London and he thinks it's a demotion and he tells Albert Brooks that, that's a really funny scene. Yeah, Albert Brooks says that's a promotion you idiot. <laughs> yeah. um, I I liked also at the at the very end um so they've all gone their separate ways um and and then they meet up after a few years. Uh, Albert Brooks is married and has a kid. Uh, William Hurt's engaged, and Holly Hunter has a and man. He, she says, and William Hurt has just been made the national anchor. National, he's, he's taken over for Nicholson. Yeah, and he's uh, the first national anchor to deny being having uh, writing his own stuff. So he specifically chose Holly Hunter to do it. Right, right. So she's going to come along with him. Um, but but I like that in scene too. I thought it was a good ending because that's. That's also more realistic about how things go in life. Like, you don't end up with the person that you liked or whatever, but then you're friends down the line. It's not you don't just cut people out of your life, you know. Same right. with, with Albert Brooks. Like he was angry at her, but after that time, they're they're still friends, which is exactly right, what's going to happen. I thought that scene between William Hurt and Holly Hunter, I thought it was really awkward, which I thought fit. Oh, it was supposed to be, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I, uh, I thought that was really well done. It was, yeah, it was I, a great ending. I agree, but I liked uh, Albert Brooks's line there to William Hurt: "Congratulations on the longest, luckiest streak in in uh, human history, <laughs> longest continuous lucky streak, or whatever." <laughs> so he's still a dick. Yeah, and but, William Hurt still takes it. I mean, he's he's his natural anchor, and he's still really happy to see him. He's like, yeah, I'm glad well, you're doing well in Portland. Uh, I think Portland, yeah, or Seattle, Portland, wherever he was. But also, the, uh, Albert Brooks, Albert Brooks is doing what he should be doing. Like, right, he right. moved to a, a smaller a smaller market, and he could do things more the way he wanted to do them. And uh, William Hurt's doing exactly what he needs to be doing, and so is Holly Hunter. You know, everybody. It works out for everybody, which is also another thing about about real life. I feel like that you know you don't always get in movies. Things 
work out. You know, you have hardships, and but then, you know, you find your way. You know what's a fantastic scene? The first time uh, they're at that party and the producer's there. I don't know what he was, whatever he was in the news, news director. And he's he's saying, well, Albert Brooks is not doing it. And uh, William Hurts, the anchor and blah, blah, blah. And Holly Hunter's like, this is wrong. You're absolutely wrong with this. And the director's like, it must be great to always be right, to never be wrong. And she's like, no, it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, no, she is so perfect in this. Uh, yeah, I, and, but see, you say Albert Brooks is a dick, which he, he can be. She gets uh, another reporter transferred oh, to Alaska. Oh, that's a really dick move, yeah. Because because this woman was sleeping with William Hurt at the time, and this, Holly this Hunter... This other just, woman who specifically asked if it was okay. And Holly Hunter gave her blessing, but then Holly yes. Hunter changed her mind, decided she wanted to go with... Yeah, with William Hurt and get and gets her sent to Alaska. Um, <laughs> so nobody is guiltless in this, and, and I think William Hurt's guiltless. He he is he's guiltless in that he's not purposely causing harm, but he is at fault just just by virtue of who he is. I think <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, just because you don't know any better doesn't mean that you're excused from from doing things that are wrong or unethical. Yeah, well, that's true. But I'm it, nobody told him. There's people there to tell. <laughs> nobody told him. And maybe next time he wouldn't have done that. Now that he knows, who knows? Ah, uh, yeah. It was. It was. Uh... And I, I like that there there was no like there's no villains and there really was no right answers. Maybe Holly Hunter was wrong and maybe William Hurt was right. Where you have to be a salesman to sell the news. Right. Where, he has that bit with Albert Brooks, and Albert Brooks doesn't like it. Be, well, mostly because he's bitter. So it's it's yeah, it's it's very it's very nice that there's no black and white. That's no, there's a, not. They're movie. they're coming from opposing viewpoints on on what the news is, and it doesn't really give you the answer on on which way is right. And, and Joan Cusack is another uh, small part who is awesome in it. Yeah, she she had the one moment of slapstick comedy in this when she's rushing to get the tape. Uh, into the control room before the uh, news goes on the air, and she's like, "It was fine." Ducking under cabinets and jumping over children in the hallway and stuff, but uh, yeah. it it was just a weird, a, a weird spot of that humor in a in a film that otherwise didn't use that. But, right. But right. no, she was good. She, she was good too. Everybody was good in it. Um, even the even the no names you didn't know were good. Yeah, I I really like this one. I thought it was very uh, very adult. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I don't. Not for kids, you know. It's it's not for thirteen year olds. It's not meant to be a huge blockbuster. Uh, I just... saw it, enjoyed it at thirteen. Now, <laughs> did you? Yeah. Just this the is... Albert Brooks sweating scene, probably. That's a that's the scene I remember most. But and I also remember being a little bit angry that Albert Brooks told about the tape. I was like, well, they they were they were going to be together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's how they because. Well, the the thing William Hurt did was uh, he did an interview with a woman who was date raped, and he cut to uh, himself crying, and and it showed him uh, making himself fake cry for that. Uh, that that was the big issue that broke him and Holly Hunter up. So, and Albert Brooks told her about it. So, um, and the, the thing with that that was his big the big thing he he made up himself, and, and Holly Hunter laughed at his idea. And I was just thinking about it. I was just like, you know, it's not that bad to have a story like that that gets an issue that does, that isn't in in the forefront of the news back in the forefront of the news. Maybe it's not hard hitting journalism, but it's still something that's important to be in the news, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and of course, Albert Brooks line was, Oh yeah, yeah. I think you really blew the lid off Nookie. <laughs> what a dick. Yeah. But <clears throat> well, like I said, the, the thing I really like about it is it doesn't give you answers. It, it leaves you to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about all questions. these issues. Um, whereas network definitely, kind of beat you over the head with what you're supposed to think about this. Um, There is a funny scene in in network. I I wanted to talk about that. I don't know if you guys talked about it, but it was uh, (laughs) the the communist goes into the black Panther and he's eating KFC and she goes on this. You're going to be like Archie bunker. And he just puts down his like, takes a chicken out of his mouth. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's such a funny. It was hilarious. There was a there was another one uh when uh, <laughs> that that made me laugh out loud when uh they're in the control room and and uh Howard Beale's going off on the air 
and and the uh, the producer is like, keep him on, and uh, the guy, some guy comes up and he's like, he says, uh, Robert Duvall, whatever his character's name, he's on the phone for you. He's like, tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> I thought that was, yeah, it was well, speaking funny. Speaking of Robert Duvall, there's another. <laughs> Duvall is in the office with I, I I don't know who it was and he's like tell him Herb tell him and then Herb starts to talk and, and Duvall just starts talking right over him yeah just totally cuts him off I mean it's it's extremely well written uh, oh another and... another funny thing is the the fact that uh, William Holden brings up that George Washington bridge joke twice twice in the movie yeah and everybody around him laughs uproariously every time he brings it up even though it's not especially funny <laughs> no um yeah i i i th- say uh wow i mean we don't really compare them but i think broadcast news probably has broader appeal oh uh, yeah i think that that's for sure true and i think maybe more more pleasant you know it's a nice movie it's a very nice movie without being uh without being cheap about I, it you know and it's it's and you would say it's a unhappy ending because they don't get together, but it doesn't matter. After you see it, you still have a warm feeling. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel. You don't feel let down by it. I think that's uh, James Brooks is good at that. He's good at, at creating something bittersweet that makes you feel good. Yeah. Well, J- see, James L. Brooks, uh, Mary Tyler Moore show as well. Right. Right. So he obviously. I don't know. I should have looked into that. He he must have some kind of background in in the news. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't look into it either. Maybe yeah. he just he maybe just researched the shit out of it to do these, the, the Mary Tyler Moore show, and that's how he. I don't think he had anything to do with Lou Grant. So yeah, I don't His think research so stopped. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would I would recommend both of these to people. Um, I would too. Uh, network with a caveat. I mean, to be it's going to be weird. I'd let them know it's going to be weird. Yeah, but definitely. I would definitely weird. recommend both of them. Um, yeah. Well, good. Uh, I. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you you didn't hate either of them. Um, and uh, so for next week, we are doing House, uh, not the TV show House. It's actually, I think, Houseu uh, is a Japanese. It's a Japanese horror film from 1977 uh, versus Suspiria, a, a, an Italian horror film from 1977. With uh, so a the, special guest. Yes, with a special guest, uh, my friend uh, Laura Bagnato will be on um so yeah the continuum on that one isn't so much through time as through uh countries yeah space from asia to europe um yeah so so what you got going on pat you got anything um i was trying to think of something and maybe i'll think of it but if you've got something go ahead uh, not really. I, I started watching these new shows, but we're probably going to have a podcast specifically to talk about them. But even if we don't, I want to advise everyone out there to watch Dads Jesus because Christ. you're going to hate it. It was, <laughs> it was it was the worst thing I've ever seen. I mean, we could just do a podcast on Dads. It was literally the worst sitcom I've seen at least since the 80s. You know, and that would be like some sitcom that got canceled after three episodes in the 80s. I, I was thinking today of ways I could make it better, and I was just like, if they just sat around and, and didn't even talk. A half hour this time, those guys looking at each other, it would have been better than what it was. Yeah, the thing is, like, people talked about it being offensive and obnoxious. That, that didn't I didn't think it was offensive me. at all. It was unfunny. That was it, it, No, it was, but it, I didn't see anything obnoxious or offensive about it. It was just bad. Yeah, it was not funny at all, and it was dull like yeah. uh, viv said to me afterwards she, she was like was that only a half an hour i was like <laughs> yeah it was i know now they have the, that that woman uh, brenda song who's from i think nickelodeon or disney shows and i saw her in those disney shows and she's very funny in those and now they're just making her into some kind of sex pot that wears revealing clothing and that's her whole bit and oh that's, she's the asian character yeah the co-worker okay. yeah yeah uh, yeah it, it was i mean it was unimaginably bad. I knew it was going to be bad, but I, did, I, I didn't, didn't think ex- it would be that bad. No, I didn't either. And it's not even, and it's one of those things, again, where, like, it's not even so bad that you can enjoy the badness. It's just bad. So I, I, I told my mom it was bad, and she said, well, let me watch it to see how bad it is. So I put it on for a little bit and watching it with her, and Martin Mole comes out in the towel, and she's like, oh, that towel's going to fall off, isn't it? And then five seconds later, the towel falls off, and she's like, turn it off. So, you know, all ages hate the show. No, as they should. <laughs> I heard they they did some kind of ad campaign. I didn't even hear about it. Like where they're saying, "Don't listen to the critics uh, about <laughs> this show." I mean, Jesus Christ, dude! It 
it can't last. Um, we we won't talk won't. about we won't talk about this one anymore. But I did like Brooklyn Nine Nine. But we'll save we'll save that. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine was good. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how how it get seeing it get its legs. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, from Lion Productions. I uh, I know what I was gonna say. So I went to uh, I went to trade in some uh, aluminum cans today because. You know, I we I drink soda, so I'm like, gotta recycle. Um, I'll go take it in. It's so depressing, dude, because there are just people down there with like five thousand pounds of aluminum cans. Just people who've been scrounging through every trash can in the city to get these, and and, uh, and that's how they're making their living, I guess. I don't know, but on the other hand, uh, I heard two of them, two different people, not even talking to each other, but after they got their money, say. I'm gonna go get some cigarettes and some beer. So I guess maybe, maybe that's all they need. <laughs> I, I don't know. It just makes me not want to recycle, though. Um, Wait, so like Oakland doesn't recycle, or you just wanted to get the cash? Well, yeah. I mean, why not? I, I figured, why not? You know, get five dollars or whatever. You know, I don't have hardly any. Um, well, how much did you? I mean, how much did you get? I think I got I got like seven dollars. Wow, I mean, I would imagine that's a lot of cans. I don't really know how it works. Yeah, it's not, and not compared to these other people, man. Jeez, yeah, I just, I've never, I've never done that, so that's it's interesting. Yeah, do you not? You guys don't have a uh, deposit stuff there, or you just just recycle it and don't bother? I just recycle it, but we don't have any like, we don't pay extra for the cans, and we don't get the nickel back. We don't have that. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I should also mention this is like a year's worth of cans so that I took in. Oh, okay. It's not, I thought it's it was not just like, like I, two weeks. Yeah, no, no. Uh, <laughs> You're pouring uh, cans of Pepsi right into the IV. <laughs> no, so, you know, I mean, it's it's worth it yeah, if you want Yeah, now it makes sense, yeah. If you want to save up cans. Um, but, yeah, so that, that was kind of depressing. But uh, good to know that uh, if people really want cigarettes and beer, that there's a way for them to get it. Yeah, they they uh, they charge too much for cigarettes and beer, obviously. Yeah, yeah. What? Well, shit. In New York, they definitely charge too much. I don't know how it is in Philadelphia, for cigarettes anyway. It's I don't. Like Fifteen dollars a pack. Yeah, yeah that, I think New York City is the, is the worst for that. I don't know why you would smoke in New York, except that if you're living in New York City, you probably got a shitload of money anyway. Or you I'm just a, don't care about having money. I, I don't know. I'm a super duper lefty, but I, I even I can't figure out that New York thing with the with the sodas. No, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a super duper lefty too, but I'm not for. I mean, I, I'm not for banning things. I mean, to me, being a lefty is is letting people do as they please as long as they're not hurting anybody else. Yeah, I, I, th- I could see them like. Put it, putting out a health campaign, drinking, maybe forcing fast food places to have warnings on the sodas like they do on cigarettes, but just banning them outright is just stupid. Yeah, well, did they and rescind it's not that, gonna, or is that still an, actually in effect? I have no idea what happened with that. Yeah, it's no. It's, it's, I mean, that's the that's the only reason I don't go to New York is because I can't drink my soda. Yeah, well, it, that's what everybody does, I think. Like, that's what used to happen when they got off at Ellis Island and they gave them their new identity. Go straight to a Seven Eleven, get a uh, super big gulp, and get Welcome a job. to America, and get a job at the Seven Eleven. Um, drinking. Super That's our big racist gulp. humor for the night, or day, depending on when you listen to this. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't get that either. Uh, but you know, I just watched uh, Network. I don't, I don't want to get into politics too much. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm good. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of uh, logie. Is that a word? That's a word I hear. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm that that pill took a lot out of me, so I'm I'm ready to end the show. Okay, uh, so join us next week for Suspiria versus House. Like and... us on Facebook. Uh, review us highly on iTunes. Send us email popculturecontinuum at gmail dot com. That's right. We will write you back. Um. So, until next time, everybody, goodbye. Goodbye.